0: Hello, I'm here with Daniela Greenwood.
1: And I'm here with Murray Voicey barlan And we're here because we care. Who cares?
0: Well, we're talking about Sky Bergman who makes yep. films, but has no relation to Ingmar Bergman or Ingrid Bergman. I looked it up. But who cares <laughs> yeah. about film? Who cares about image? Who cares about story? I think she does. She and does I loved
1: it. I loved her explaining it. I loved that she's created it and it's there forever.
0: I haven't seen her film. I I looked it up and and did a little bit of research. Lives Well Lived.
1: Lives Well Lived.
0: It's a fantastic
1: title and I think I really benefited from hearing her talking about it. I'm glad I got to hear that first, actually, Um, her story about um, why she first started doing it and what she found in terms of... um, her experience just listening to people
0: and her artistry uh, that was another thing and I think that was something that ash drew out really well you know looking at the artistry of storytelling through film mm-hmm. through image and, and from you know having someone's legacy uh, you know left to you know like something to leave behind and some wisdom but there are two words that she said I'll
1: bet that, you were. What were they? Come what on. were they?
0: What do you think it oh, was?
1: Oh, I, I wrote something mm-hmm. down here. Now you'll have to tell me.
0: Curiosity. Oh, she yes. She said it several times. And she also said the word inquisitive, which is now my new favourite word of the week.
1: Fantastic.
0: So write that down, folks. I-N-Q-U-I-S-I-T-I-V-E, inquisitive. That's <laughs> a great word.
1: And that sense of curiosity that you bring with you to your work is at the heart of what she discovered. You know, she said, "I'm not a social scientist," um, but she discovered the power in actually being t- interested in someone else's life, and and how powerful that is to be on the other end of that.
0: Oh, she talked about story and having mm-hmm. people share their story as a gift, which yeah. I really just loved I thought that was something beautiful and it made me think back to a time when it was a lifestyle officer that introduced me to this storybook idea mm. um suggested it for my mum and I went through with my mum and asked her all these questions and and prodded and played in my my normal way and we've got recorded my mum's first kiss oh. which isn't with my dad oh. and the first time she got drunk you know That's and about cool. that. Uh, the first time when she got detention, it's because she was such a good soul, and I can't believe my mum ever got detention, but she did. It's
1: so important to know that your your parents <laughs> got were detention. human, got in trouble, <laughs> made mistakes, were absolute idiots. And I think I honestly, I think what has she said? The one regret um, mm-hmm. that people always. Uh, that, that she comes across when she talks to people is that they didn't ask enough questions of yeah. the people in their lives, particularly older people who had died and, and just wish they'd asked more questions of them. But I, what I got from her, especially in translating it as um, as Ash sort of did around, well, how do, what does this mean for our listeners who probably work in in whatever role in residential aged care and and I kind of got the gift thing the other way around just how important it is to be genuinely interested in someone else's life beyond you know getting information down on documentation mm. and what a gift it is for people who've been homogenized into one older person who's a resident uh, that that just listening to even a short story of their life just opens up a little bit of the complexity of their lives mm, that we, wow. we we kind of tend to smooth over through sort of looking at them as these old people who live in they're our residents and we lose that complexity and that detail um just by just when they, when they move in because then they become residents and that's got a whole lot of homogenizing power to it you know similar age similar level of frailty and and just learning about that complexity is I think is just so important but you have to be interested
0: you have to well that's that is the key thing here you know and, and you do see often people asking questions and there's a tone of disconnect to that and it's a two-way thing too. questions you know like it's a It's it's feeling that someone is genuinely interested and that is authentically present with you, but it's that curiosity or inquisitive, you know, desire to playfully prod or to oh what's that about? Mm -hmm. So it's really and that's and why I related so much to this Daniela was this is kind of what I'm doing um, daily. Like Mm -hmm. I'm not whilst I might be doing some performative kind of stuff, I'm also trying to, as she said, pull the story. So that we get a deeper understanding of of, of the person that we, we're we dealing with, the elder, mm. the resident, but also to find common ground between us, you know, because that's what we're looking for, right? We're looking for what is it that brings us together? What is common for us? And then the other thing about what you've just said, I, I love also, is that we tend to tar everyone with the same brush that, oh, you know, they're in aged care now, oh, they've got, they have dementia, they're, you know, all of their behaviors are around this without thinking, who is this person and what drives them and what is it about them that wants them to be alone, that makes mm. them call out, that seeks company, that wants attention, that wants a bit of dignity,
1: yeah, yeah and all those things. If we get that wrong, I think that being open that you naturally bring, that natural curiosity is so thwarted by that um, homogenizing kind of medicalized, it really gets in the way of actually seeing people in all their complexity, you know, viewing their diagnosis first or their age first. All of these things, you just kind of want to get them out of the way so you can see this unique complex person but you also have to understand what they're up against you've got to understand (laughs) what they're up against to truly see how amazing they are and resilient they are like living in residential aged care that they still um human beings who live there some of them many of them against their will still find a place within themselves to to trust other human beings with really intimate care and things like Mm. how courageous and resilient people are who are actually living there but we'll never get a true sense of that until we understand what they're up against and what they're struggling Mm. against. Do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, no, no, I do, I do. And I think, I mean, that is part of why I love and have dedicated working in the residential space. I don't work in community yeah. Um I, I I work in that that space.
1: But that's the secret. It's bringing that curiosity which you can't fake. That genuine interest in finding out the complexity of a person beyond some homogenous kind of old resident type thinking is that's the power, I think.
0: There's great power and there's something powerful and I know it resonated with Ash because I remember he's, he's talked about putting it on a, a post-it note. She spoke, Sk- Sky chose it towards the end about choosing curiosity over fear.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's great.
0: And that motto <laughs> is so profound yep. in many ways, you know. I really, I had to replay that a couple of times and I had to really write it down. Um. But th- there's a lot in that, you know, and if I think about, uh, if I put my hat on from the perspective of an AIN, a, a care staff worker, and think about fear around someone's behaviours and think that, that just in that zone that we're talking about, choosing curiosity over fear, what's going on, what's driving, what's happening for you, mm. that's very powerful, as it is for a Thanks. genuine life motto, which I think Ash is going to buy and put T-shirts out now <laughs> um, to inform his life and others. Um so that really resonated with me. But talking about Sky and coming back to what she said, in she talked about um, pulling the story. You know, really, and that's the thing. You know, it's pulling that story out from people as a filmmaker. But you know, for all of us that are interested in humans, she said it really takes some skill to draw out a story, to pull the story from someone,
1: mm-hmm.
0: to enable them to share and to tell it. Yeah. And, you know I find that all my you know like that playful prodding in my work and, and what and, and how I do it and I'm just thinking on film you know like how how challenging that would have been you know because it's very formalized you know when you have, a, have an interview and I guess she talked about how we look at their sadness how we look at their thinking processes there's mm. a lot going on in film which captures so beautifully.
1: Yeah, I I completely agree. I've found even in staff, working in the staff training space, it's one thing to say to someone, don't be paternalistic or bossy. It's another thing to show them a short skit on a film of someone, a really kind-hearted person saying to an older person, come on, there's a good girl, let's get out of bed. Actually viewing it because it's real. When you watch it, it's real. You can't deny it. It, you know it happened it's real it's there it's it's been recorded by someone it exists and it's as valid as any other uh, any other truth do you know what i mean
0: yeah. so in your in your presentations and your in your trainings you, you use you film actors yeah before. i do yeah. I,
1: well, i'm not actors actually you use ai um, yeah. i i haven't had the budget but but also <laughs> um i but i get the scripts from real people yeah. So, you know, what happens in the morning? How does it feel? And, you know, what, why does that happen? Well, we have to do that because breakfast is only available. So, from, from thousands of stories like that to create a, a script, um, and then get the real people to play it, it's really wonderful finding That's the right. resident actors. And this, honestly, I've found some of the best actors in residence who can show you the response to being treated like that because they've Mm. seen it and they've witnessed it in some of their peers who live there who maybe um, aren't aren't using words to be able to sort of say, don't call me that or um, they show what the humiliating effect of those kind of things. So I think I'm a big believer in in creating artefacts like that in whatever form, whether it's stills or... But I, I love that Ash asked her about how is it going from focusing on still photography Mm. then to picture because now you've got sound and you can't control you know all of the factors and get that one good shot and then she said um i basically i learned by doing and that Mm. stuck out to me as something that is almost a bit of a theme for everything you and i discuss in terms of um even the older people she spoke to, you learn about what mortality means by getting closer to it, you know, and and you learn about what being a teenager is not in a book, by kind of fumbling your way through being a teenager, don't you? Oh, well, I did anyway. Or being a mother, being a father, you, you know, you, maybe there's books on it, but you learn by doing, and I think that maybe is a better is a better understanding of being old.
0: I, it's, you just made me think of something. I remember having conflict with my father and and really the conflict we had wasn't very big, I thought. And as a teenager, I thought it was massive. But he one day he turned to me and he said, look, I've never done this before. You're my first son and I've never parented before. <laughs> I don't know how it works, okay? Can you give me a break? And he walked away. And I went, oh, my God. I felt really... <laughs> empathy for him i was like, oh my god it must be so hard i'm so annoying and and it's true it's true (laughs) but you know these things that um and that was like a a massive i don't know what it's such a great bit of wisdom to to turn well it was a response it was totally a response to his son when he was frustrated but it really stuck out and these things and i've used that in my own life these things really stay with us and i think you know just just quickly coming back to story I think you know my wife is a Steiner teacher, mm. and 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 story is very important in the education of Steiner. They start the morning circle is started with a story, and story permeates through. And if there's any issues in the classroom group, as there is currently, um, with some of the, the the girls, you know, holding other members out, they they use story. They'll refer to a story and of where this occurs for for people to objectively think about it in the same way that you use in your trainings. And I think the story, that story is incredibly powerful. And if we think back to sitting around the fires and someone telling stories and and yarns about past and where we come from, it's such a powerful force.
1: Yeah, I agree. We're just completely attracted to it and learn from it. And if we really, really listen, especially if we listen ethically, we find, the parts of ourselves that are different from the people we're speaking to. And so if we're really open and don't try and take it into our worldview and make sense of it because we're scared of getting old ourselves, but if we really, really listen ethically, it helps to find difference. We stop trying to see people in our the, the way that you know we're we're kind of socialized to think about old age or what health means or you know what good looks like. Um, if we listen ethically without panicking and trying to define it, there's real possibility that we can learn a little a little bit more about what it actually means to be human.
0: You just said that was the greatest put together of two words listen ethically. yeah, that's such a good term. I, you know, if there's one thing I can say about the podcast, I've come away with pages of good terms that you've given me. <laughs> <laughs>
1: nice. Yeah, but-
0: I love that. Listen, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna write that one down. Um, you talked about mortality just then. You mentioned mm. the word mortality, and this is, and I love that. Um, Ash zoned in on the word. Um, yeah. and talk of mortality because it does, and he's, you know, talking and, about people. And what did he, it Ash into rack. yeah. Uh, he said, because um, it it's a really important question, Ash said something about the, oh, here it is, I've, I've quoted it. There can be this desire to hide it from people who are older or people that are nearing the end of their lives, and it's as if they haven't thought <laughs> of the fact that their lives are going to end. Why are we hiding life? Death. I mean, death, not life. Why are we
1: hiding death? <laughs> From our elders in residential aged care. Why do we do that? Because the whole system is set up to avoid that, especially obviously in Western culture, but I would say everywhere. I think that's... that's we want a- people to live to 240? What is this? Well, when it's under a medical model, death is failure.
0: Oh, it's another term. Yeah. Death is failure.
1: It is when you're looking at in terms of medical heroics, you know. They, they can't fix it they can't cure it so under bubbling under the surface is it's like an individual failing and a failing of um to maintain someone's mobility till then nine you know till the day they actually die you know and I, I worry that that really sets staff up for failure too and I don't mean working out what really matters to people and 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 the ways they want to look after their own bodies and the things that are important to them. But I just mean in general, the idea that death is um, somehow a failing is kind of interwoven into the system, you know. If you look at the medical goals, it's to maintain mobility. Mm, Oh, yeah. It's like, well, what happens when I can't?
0: Mm, No, 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 (laughs) that's not possible. (laughs) I'm just wondering what it would be like if, you know, like my family came home and my seat was empty and uh, I died, and nobody talked about it. That would be weird, right?
1: It would be pretty creepy. It would be pretty
0: weird. Like, come home, Marley, this is, oh, Dad's not there. Connie doesn't say anything to her. the neighbours go, oh, they don't say, well, sorry about Mark. Everyone just pretends that I I didn't exist. I just find that phenomena really strange.
1: Just recently I I heard uh, a nurse saying, we're not going to tell them the daughter's coming just in case she doesn't turn up and she'll be disappointed. And I'm like, what? Who gets to talk about another adult like that? Mm. Like it's, it's. I, I just thought that's how you talk about small children. Moments like that so reveal to me the depth of the of the paternalism that still underpins aged care, particularly in the in the institution of residential aged care. Sky
0: said so many good things. Um and she also talked about sense of purpose yeah when we're losing that we're stagnating i think is what she said
1: we've got no reason for going on that's really what, what she, she was talking about the we're no longer doing that anymore and then was sort of making mozzarella um and likening that to not a lesser thing but just like a right mm-hmm. but I, what stuck out to me is i know that you you get something from your work, Murray. And I know having been a personal carer, working lifestyle on the floor, um, that I got something from the work. It was not just the pay pack, it was a sense that I was really needed and that I was making a difference. And and that really was connected to how I saw myself, you know, I kind of rose to that kind of, yeah, that is my sense of purpose. And it's funny that we, that we can't see that once people move in, they need that same sense of purpose. And often our sense of purpose is so connected to our connections with others, you know, about um, doing something for people, not just having stuff done for us. And the importance of creating a space of curiosity to find out where is this person's energy going and what are they wanting? to give back, to really kind of honing in on that and then recognising it because they're no different from you and I, mm. Um, We get that great feeling from feeling we're making a difference or we're um, contributing in some way to the lives of people that we care about and to our communities.
0: It's kind of, uh, I once said in a message to care staff that when you work in that way you walk a noble path you give a precious gift and i really mean that but it's also there's also much that you get in return and that's yep. kind of what life is
1: about yeah being being grateful for feeling that way about yourself is a really it's because of the residents who live in there that we can knock on their door and go into them. They're the reason I feel better about myself. Um, and I think it's really important to recognise that, to see the value in that. It's a lot more valuable than a car or a...
0: What sort of car? <laughs> what, what, are you,
1: You're not a, a car guy, are you?
0: Why? What are you, you say? So, I'm going to interrogate that. I mean, I'm not a car guy.
1: I I'm just, just not a car. No, I'm a pe- Holden man. People are complex and and multifaceted and I'm, I'm very not. interested to find I'm out I'm you. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: wow. Well, well, so much stuff, fighting ageism, one story and one connection at a time. Yeah, one And
1: connection. I know
0: that must have appealed to you that Yeah, statement. it did.
1: It absolutely yeah. did. And um and I think at the end of the day That's what it's about because there's these big systems. How long have we been talking about the aged care system, different industries, different institutions, different and all these terror, not enough funding from government? While all of that debate and um, political kind of action is happening, I think it's really important for um, individuals who are working in the space to know that They've got all the power in the world Mm. because they're the ones at the coalface who actually are in relationship with these people. And they can choose, doesn't matter the organization they work for, they can choose that moment to be any way they want it to be. They're not stuck by the funding or, you know, there's limitations to work within but those individuals who are there working with real people they've got all the power all of it you know they can create whatever interaction and relationship that 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 they want and i think that's a responsibility <laughs> and a possibility
0: wow i like that i'm looking at my clock i've got to do a rat test in a minute
1: oh well i have to let you go
0: I haven't had COVID yet. Have have you had COVID yet? Yes. I have. Wow, how was that?
1: Oh, look, it was yeah, it was awful and I think we don't know. None of us know the long term effects of it.
0: No, well, COVID's not over. And this is the thing. I just okay, so my all of my services, five services that I work work with, all of them are in or out of COVID. They've just come in to come out and not gone back in. And so I've done window therapy again mm-hmm. just last week. Uh, I, I've been on Zoom one day a week at the moment because COVID is not over and my beautiful elders and all the community around the aged care service, the families, the leadership, the organisation, the staff and the elders all are still sitting with the, um, the ramifications of, of COVID and, and COVID coming in, you know, and it's still there. It's not gone away despite the kind of media spin on that and I feel very strongly about, about that. In fact, I'm going to write a post about it right now.
1: Maury, it's been absolutely delightful talking to you and I know this is the last Who Cares For The Season. I just wanted to thank you for being absolutely amazing and putting up with me and my rebellious spirit, which you've oh. been so kind to do, and to thank Ash for providing us with the most delightful material to think about and um, and and work with. So. Thank you so much, Maury.
0: And thank you for, for really drilling down on some of the most important components that we ever talk about. you know, really insightful and I love your advocacy and you are a saint. So I'm no, putting you, you forward. Are. I've given up on your polit- political career. Right, okay. And I'm going to have you canonised by the Catholic Church. I don't know how you feel <laughs> about that. I don't want you to answer that until the next one, but it will be St. Daniela Greenwood. I'd I like don't know.
1: Listen- it sounds a bit violent. Canon what?
0: Canonised. Yeah, okay. that's really, of course. It's, <laughs> anyway, um, I don't want to thank Colin and Silver Adventures for having us and giving us something to do on Wednesday mornings.
1: Yes. And, Maury, can you just keep your beautiful self safe and keep giving life and receiving life in, in the curious space that you work in. <laughs>
0: and you keep fighting good fight. <laughs> I will, my friend. I'll see you soon.
1: See you, my.